hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Today is the last day that you can join the HA Society before it closes for this month and does not reopen again till next month. So make sure you head to the HASociety.com to join this community for women with missing periods or who are trying to optimize their newly recovered periods and join in the conversation. It's a really supportive community. We have modules for education around learning more about HA and about recovery and about cycle tracking. We have weekly community calls. We have events with experts and practitioners. Um, We even have early release HA podcast episodes and more going on for you guys. So if you're into it, please come and check us out at thehasociety.com. Get in on it today, July 14th, and 
I guess, July 15th if you're in the Southern Hemisphere too. So wherever you're at, get in on it before doors close. Come try it out with your first two weeks completely on me. And yeah, I can't wait to chat with you and coach with you in the DMs one-on-one, just me and you. See you there. Hey, ladies. Today we're doing a little bit of an exercise. It's a nutritional self-assessment and it's a really great tool for anyone who's been wondering any of the following. How do I know if I'm eating enough? How do I know if I'm eating the right things? I've been quote unquote all in forever and nothing is working. I've been progressing with my recovery and now I'm ready to dial it in further and I have my period, but my cycles are still acting a bit weird. How can I make changes to improve? So the girls inside of AJ Society are probably sick of hearing me talk about the nutrition self-assessment. It's come up a few times in the last couple of months, but it's a really important piece. And I wanted to bring this to you guys and to just to everyone, because this is a tool that I use specifically with my one-on-one clients. Now, there's a huge emphasis in the hypothalamic amenorrhea community about eating more and eating all of the things. And there are even recommendations to focus on cakes and sodas and fast foods and stuff like that. And do not get me wrong. We should absolutely 100% be rebuilding our relationship with those foods and those food groups and getting them in for the calories of it and the joy of it and the connection of it. All of that that comes with going out to eat, you know, all that gets, that stuff is important. It provides a lot, but focusing on them, I don't know if that's super wise as being your number one source for nourishment. Reason being is that there is a big difference between calories and nutrition. And yes, the evidence is showing us with HA that this is a energy deficit and we do see a return of periods come back with just a simple increase in our calories, regardless of where they're from. But I can tell you that that isn't everyone. And I can tell you that just because you take that approach doesn't mean that your cycle is necessarily going to look optimal. It doesn't mean you're going to be in great shape. And it doesn't mean it's actually going to be attainable for everyone. There are definitely people who have such a hard time with the recommendation of just eating all of the calories that they quit. But more than anything else today, this is like when my ladies ask me for help around why their period isn't returning, I coach them through this nutritional assessment because we can see the place or places where you can dial things in to get across the line. So let's use this analogy saying that um, your nutrition has big rocks and little rocks. You have a jar and this jar is your nutrition. And the big rocks are the found, the foundation, the fundamentals. It's your calorie intake and it's your whole foods intake. And then the little rocks are things like supplements and treat foods and all of these little things that are important for filling your whole nutritional cup or nutritional jar, but the big rocks are the most important. And using this assessment, we can actually see if you're missing anything with your big rocks or if you're missing anything fundamental with your small rocks. Because without a good mix of both large and small rocks, 
you can't fill your jar. So this assessment allows us to see where there's space for you. So I recommend you grab a pen and paper, but also this is going to be up on my blog. If you go to articles.thasociety.com, you'll find the nutritional self-assessment and I will put a link in the show notes. And there you can also look at this and go through it yourself. So if you just want to listen and think right now, you totally can. And if you ever want to use this as a tool anytime, not just once, but ongoing, it's available to you. And I say ongoing because you can use this, dial it in, even get some, get a period back or see progress in your charts. And that can change again. And you could find yourself going backwards at any time between a month later to a year later. And you can always come back to this as your, your touchstone for having a look at where things might be slipping up because we have habits, we have biases. And those habits and biases, we are, they're subconscious, they're ingrained. And so it's easy for us to accidentally stop being diligent or just to have some things go on in our life that take us away from the things that worked for us before. And we honestly are so bad at self-reporting and so bad at uh, just keeping track mentally of what we've what we have changed and what we haven't changed. So sitting down and doing this can really help you just realign and look from a different perspective, from an unbiased perspective at where you can make a little bit of adjustments with your nutrition. So let us dive in. The first one is food frequency. And the questions I ask you are, do you eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking up? You know, people hear me ask this question all of the time in the podcast, in groups, in coaching sessions, and that's because it's really important. If you come to me and you say, I'm eating everything and I'm resting more and blah, and my doing it all, my period's not coming back, and I discover that you're up for an hour or two before you even have breakfast, you know, we need to dial that in. It can be a huge game changer, and this is something I want everyone to be focusing on when they're trying to get their period back, or if they're trying to improve anovulatory cycles, cycles where they're not ovulating, or uh, increasing their luteal phase, or, you know, getting a, a robust bleed during each menstrual cycle. Breakfast is really important. Snacking frequently so you don't go longer than a couple of hours. Are you doing that? No, personally, I didn't snack. So it's not necessarily that this is for everyone, but it actually is extremely important for the majority of people. Most people need to snack. I didn't snack because I was able to eat over 700 calories per meal and I was having dessert as well. So really, I was kind of having four large meals a day. But if you are in a position where your job is on your feet all day, mine was not, job is on your feet all day, maybe you're still training, maybe you're, um, you know, underweight significantly, or maybe it just works for you, you know, ensuring that snacking frequently, so you do not go longer than a couple of hours without being fed, or you do not actually feel the sensation of hunger is important. So where are you at on that? Do you eat lunch at lunchtime or does it get pushed back late? So pretty simple. You're one of those people who looks up at the clock and it's three and they haven't had lunch yet. That's something to dial in. Try to be having it between 1130 and 130. 
Food intake, okay. Do you eat at least three square meals? Minimum. This is important for you right now. You need to be getting in balanced, robust meals. Do you have at least 700 calories in each of those square meals? When I have girls say how hard it is to eat, you know, the, the amount of food that they need to eat because they have a big breakfast and then they're not hungry at, at lunchtime. I get that. It's actually really hard, but I have had a lot of success getting girls to aim for about 700 calories per meal because this gets the bulk of your food in with only three meals and then you can easily fill the gaps with a few snacks or dessert so are you at least doing that or do you actually have a feeling that maybe you're not hitting that and if you're not tracking your food of course it's hard to answer that question if tracking your food is something that is available to you mentally and physically it could be a good tool to check in with sometimes with clients I get that you know they do check and only one one day two days and they find oh my gosh I'm literally only eating 17, 1800 calories and I thought it was 200. So I know you might be confident that you're eating enough, but if you're not getting a period or if you're seeing an issue and none of the other uh, things in this assessment are lining up for you, that's something to try. Just try it, you know. Okay. Again, food intake. Asking again, do you have snacks? (laughs) Are you eating snacks? And if you are snacking, are you choosing snacks that are nutrient dense? So are you opting for things that have some kind of nutrient value in them? But also, are you choosing snacks that are calorie dense and have some kind of caloric value to them? Trying to include both is important. If you're just eating graham crackers or chips, you know, you're getting the calories in. But what if you could have those with some, you know, big juicy pieces of fruit or a yummy vegetable dip to dip those chips in or something like that that just gets you a bit more bang for your buck you are looking for value okay the next one is vegetable intake do you eat vegetables in at least two meals a day or do you eat vegetables that are mostly green are they mostly like cucumber celery broccoli asparagus green beans Or are you incorporating colorful vegetables like pumpkin, sweet potato, carrots, beetroot, turnips? Like, are you mixing it up? Red bell peppers, yellow bell peppers, also known as capsicum. It's important to just check in on your vegetable intake. Are you getting enough of it? Are you eating too much of it? Because this is huge. Sometimes I find people are so confident in their vegetable intake that we look at what they're eating and it's way too much and it's stopping them from getting in actual calories because vegetables are kind of low in calorie, especially when they're filling them up on cauliflower rice and and broccoli and cucumbers and stuff like that. So just check in with yourself on the calorie intake you're getting from your vegetables, but also ensure that you're getting a couple of serves a day because they are still important, but you don't need as many as you know, potentially you have been eating and ensuring there's a variety in there of both starchy and cruciferous is really valuable. Along that same vein, you know, do you eat mostly lower calorie vegetables or do you incorporate the denser calorie vegetables daily? So I just went over that, but it's an important one to check in. Okay. Protein intake. 
Do you eat meat? If so, how frequently? Do you eat eggs? If so, how frequently? Just checking in if you're a meat eater or pescatarian or you eat eggs. You know, if these things are available to you, are you eating them? And are you eating them on a regular enough basis? Or are you actually finding that you opt for less uh, calorically dense, more lean things, more plain things? Do you favor poultry or fish or do you change it up very frequently? Many of you listening right now are like, "Mm, I definitely mostly eat chicken. So, you know, is there an opportunity to add variety and change it up there? Do you eat red meat weekly, if not a couple of times a week? Often I find people, you know, women are only eating it once. There is a lot of valuable nutrition in meat. Everything from iron, B12s, the whole shebang. And I don't think that I really need to tell you guys the super duper duper importance of it. I think you know, and it's just that your biases are coming in and stopping you from doing that. You know, we're afraid of higher fat meats. We just don't enjoy the taste of them necessarily because we've never really given them much of a chance. But these foods are fertility foods. You know, red meat is a really great source of protein, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, phosphorus, zinc, iron. All of these things are really essential and a lot of them are hard to find in big quantities in other foods. Many of us would prefer not to eat the skin of our chicken and just have boneless, skinless chicken breasts. But if we eat the skin, we can get vitamin A, vitamin C, riboflavin, more vitamin B, magnesium, zinc, more phosphorus, all of these things that we can be missing out on. And so it's just important to note that when you specifically stick to the same foods over and over again, including meat, you can be missing out on the variety that you need. Do you favor the leaner cuts or do you seek out the fattier meats? So I just told you a few of the values of having fattier meats. So just ask yourself, are you seeking out leaner cuts? Why? Do you really prefer them or are you just not giving the others a chance? Now, if you don't eat meat, where does your protein come from? Is a question that I will definitely ask on this assessment. If you don't eat meat, do you think you are eating a comparable amount of other sources of protein? Are you shaking it up? If you don't eat meat, are you supplementing with B12s? All super important questions for me to be checking in on with you if you are not eating meat. Okay, let's talk fat intake. When you eat poultry, do you eat the dark meat? Or do you just stick with the white meat? And how frequently do you eat it? Would you like some one-on-one support to get your cycle back? Or how about to get it back and then actually get pregnant? Or not even all that, but to simply get back your actual life and be able to leave this whole, where's my cycle nonsense behind you? I certainly have felt that way. So I know exactly what that's like. And that's why you can work with either me, Danny, or Ashley, my amazing co-coach, one-on-one. We help women keep sight of what's most important in recovery, set tactical, tangible goals, and create game plans to help them get their cycles on track. And we would love to do that with you. 
So when you sign up with us, you'll, we'll go over your history together, your biggest obstacles and your goals, and we'll start making a plan to reach them. Then, depending on your preference, you'll meet with us either weekly or bi-weekly to go over the week that was and plan again for the week ahead. So you always know what your next steps are and you always have the validation of a coach who doesn't just understand but has actually been through this as well and we've walked before you. Ashley and I have helped so many women get their cycles back, get pregnant and get back to life and we would love to help you get there too. And fun fact, all of our clients get access to the HA Society included in their coaching fee. So if you want to read more about Um, other women's experiences, women that have worked with us and book a free 15 minute consult with me to see if we're a good fit, head to thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. That's thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. More on fat intake, but I did already just cover this. Do you, when you eat poultry, do you ever eat the skin? How frequently do you eat the skin? When you eat fish, do you focus on the white meat fish or do you incorporate fatty meat like salmon? Do you eat the skin of the salmon? How frequently? Do you cook with butter or oil regularly or do you avoid it altogether? Are you using non-stick pans and doing all the tips and tricks in the world to cook your food without using fat? This is something to note. Do you use full fat dressings or do you opt for fat free when you buy them for your salad? If you were to eat an avocado, would you eat a quarter of an avocado, half of the avocado, or the whole thing? This question is just good to see what are you doing about serving sizes and where is that coming from? You know, a lot of, if you just don't like a whole lot of avocado, that makes sense. But if you're just eating a quarter of an avocado or half of a small avocado because it feels like a reasonable thing to do, just check in on that because maybe you need the whole avocado, okay? I want a t-shirt that says the whole avocado. And my last question here on the fat is just like, where else do you get it from? Nuts? Egg yolks? Just list out the other areas that you're getting fat from and check in on yourself on where your fat variety is coming from. Are you getting enough of it from enough different sources? Second to last one, guys, but this is the last one about actual nutrition, is caffeine intake. Do you drink coffee daily? How much of it do you drink? This is really important. Uh, Y'all have heard me waffle on about it before, I'm pretty sure. And I do get people to ask me, asking me to explain why, why does it matter how much coffee I'm drinking? And it matters because we're trying to get your brain to be in a more relaxed, less stressed state that it is willing to send the signals it needs to send from the hypothalamus to the ovaries to release estrogen, produce an egg. That's the freaking goal here, right? So that's why we look at nutrition because this is playing a part in the signals that we send to our body. Caffeine is no different. And, you know, I should have alcohol on here too. Caffeine intake daily, how much? Alcohol intake daily, how much? Just keeping these things in mind, you can have these things. But are you balancing it out? And with coffee, do you drink it before you eat first thing in the morning or after you eat? I'm huge on this too. If you check in and you're like, 
I know back in the day I was, when I first started HE Recovery, I was eating these breakfasts when I woke up and then I was having coffee later, but I've had a couple of recovery periods and now I've gone back to drinking coffee first thing in the morning and now my luteal phase is super short or I skipped a period. This happens a lot. So it's a good thing to just check in on it. Maybe, maybe that's literally all you need to do. So I'll look into that. And then the last one here isn't about nutrition, but it should still always just be assessed in conjunction with this assessment is your movement. Do you eat before you are active during the day? And active could be as simple as taking the dog for a walk in the morning. Right now, if you're in HA recovery or if there's a part of your cycle that you're looking to optimize, we need to be reducing the stress response from all angles. So are you eating before you move? And do you eat at least two meals before being active? You know, not everyone does this, but if you're looking for more areas to potentially see progress in your period recovery or your cycle optimization, I'm going to recommend that you eat two plus meals before being active in your day. So if you have started to incorporate exercise into your life, try and have it in the afternoon so that you can get a couple of meals in before then and you're nice and fed and you're definitely in the calorie surplus. No, 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 no to training fasted. Now reflect on each of your answers. You know, what can you see that is standing out to you here? Maybe you'll notice, wow, okay, I am I am getting a walk-in before breakfast. Or I do actually only eat chicken breasts. You know, these small observations of which at least a few of you can spot for yourself, they are going to be an amazing place to get started dialing in and making slight changes to move you forward in your hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery. I regularly see great progress with clients when we do this assessment and make changes. And we find that their basal body temperature starts to rise up from temperatures that were too low. We see blood tests come back with more positive results. And of course, we see cycles return and women get pregnant who were struggling before. So we we definitely see women with irregular cycles normalize. And we definitely take for granted the power of these small actions that doing a quick nutritional assessment can give us. I hope that this helped, guys. And if you want to do this yourself, don't forget to head to the show notes or just go to articles.theajsociety.com. You will find the nutrition self-assessment in there. It's always available for you. I hope this was helpful and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.